he's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode number eight. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. <laughs> We will never get that right. Almost. We used to. We sometimes we did, yes. Before this whole thing went off the rails. <laughs> the glory days of episode four. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at what episode four was. Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight. That was a good opening. That was good. I enjoyed that one. Classic. Were we ever so young and naive? <laughs> that was pre-Trump. <laughs> Pre-Trump. So uh, today we're doing Starship Troopers. We're Scott's make- suggestion. We're going to make this podcast great again. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm done with the political anything. So, yeah, we watched Starship Troopers by, um, written, directed maybe by Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, Verhoeven of a Robocop. Showgirls. Total apparently. Recall. And Showgirls, which is a horrible movie, but otherwise those other ones are all pretty good. Yeah, I had no idea he did Showgirls. Yeah, yeah. He wrote he wrote the script for Showgirls. He, my problem with Showgirls is, was I couldn't leave my inhibitions at the door. <laughs> Plus, in the movie theater, you have to keep your pants on. I, uh, you wouldn't. That's the movie. It's reprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> I am not turned on by this. So we did RoboCop. Right. Um, and that's Which the is movie a great was, movie. Yes. Very good movie. No, great movie. Pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> Dreamly good. And then Total Recall, which is a pretty good. solid movie. It's one, of, I think, one of the Schwarzenegger classics. Oh, I like to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Give the people the air. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> Classic. And uh, Schwarzenegger impressions all day. That's right. And the longer you go, the more ridiculous they become. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> it's like you don't sound like Schwarzenegger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It, you can't do a bad. It's clearly Schwarzenegger. Starship Troopers, which is based on the book, very loosely based on the book. Yeah. Starship Troopers. Very loosely. The classic by uh, Heinlein. Robert. Uh, Robert Heinlein. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Robert A. Um, Which is about a militaristic society where the military is also the government. To to be, uh, there's like a classification. You can be a citizen or um, not a citizen, but to be a citizen, you have to have served in the military. So they they control things. I haven't actually, I'll be honest, I haven't read the novel, but I've read a lot of interesting discussions about it, including that while this movie is really about fascism, that it's not, that's not really the point of the novel. The novel is kind of just to explore different ideas of what, how a society might function. The novel seems very positive on the idea. Right. The, Which, the it's a functioning society. society. If it's a functioning society, the movie's kind of positive on it too in the way it portrays it. Sure. On the but surface, yes. On the surface. The movie but, is uh, yes. kind of positive on this militaristic society. Now, I think they focus in the movie on parts the book glossed over. The need to have this this enemy, ever present enemy, to to fight to keep the society right. Functioning. If you're going to be a military society, right, and all the propaganda that goes along with yeah. it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, it's true, if you're going to have a military centered society, you're going to need a foe or an enemy or a potential enemy. That's nothing new. I mean, cult, human culture throughout time it wrestles with that dilemma. Right. The old military industrial complex idea. Sure. In 1984, I mean, they created their own enemies. To, yeah. Yes. To perpetuate the the continuous war. So anyway. <laughs> The movie's fun. <laughs> it, this is getting you know, pretty heavy. But. It's a really interesting... It is a fun movie. I mean, it's not... Like, people kind of call it dumb. I don't really think it's as smart as it thinks it is. But it's still a fun movie. And there's things I enjoy about it. And it's got... I thought it's got good pacing. And I also... I, we were talking about this earlier before we started, but I refer to it as the anti... It's all quiet on the Western Front. Because it's all quiet on the Western Front is an anti-war story. And this one's kind of a pro-war story. 
Because you follow, in all quiet Western Front, you follow these soldiers as they go forward. They're young and naive, and by the end, they're all broken and destroyed. And then you, the, the cycle repeats itself. But in this movie, they're young and they're naive. And at the end of the day, they get glory yeah. <laughs> and become stronger for it. This is, this is a movie that feels like it was made by this society, which I think is actually a pretty interesting element of it. Yeah. War is awesome. Yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes, but you'll come out better for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I disagree that it's not as smart as it's trying to be because I don't think it's trying to be super deep. Okay. There's definitely more than one level there. No, okay, I'll agree right. with that. I'll agree so, with that. So, I mean, in the same vein that RoboCop was an enjoyable movie, and if you didn't think more about it, yes. you could just watch it and still enjoy it. Yes, right? that, that is true. That I is feel true. like Starship Troopers is the same thing. I can see that. I can see that. But RoboCop was, you know, this commentary on corporatism. <laughs> right, and, 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 and law enforcement. Of, of, uh, and capitalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, I think this movie is um, a, a pretty cutting commentary on like military worship, how we treat the military as part of society. Yeah, I, I can see uh, that. I can see that. Well, because I mean, it is in this case, it's it's directly a society that's directly devoted to the right. military. It's, it's I mean, to be a citizen, <laughs> you have to be in the you have to be willing to kill people. And even the you know the the part we'll get to the where like Michael, the whole point of Michael Ironside's character is he kind of represents this ideal of this society because he's the one who really like he does he knows that it force is not necessary. I mean, like he doesn't encourage you to go to the military, but he doesn't really he does think that all action is. Force, right? Which he's is an interesting the, idea. The ideal citizen, right? <laughs> he's the John Wayne yes. of this universe, which is kind of John, John Wayne in like so many of his movies. Especially, there's two ways to describe war in American cinema: it's either the World War II of John Wayne, which is full of glory, or Vietnam of Oliver Stone, which is full of shame. <laughs> and right. every war is portrayed like that in cinema. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. right. About that. Mm-hmm. So, so deep I'm actually, here. <laughs> I'm curious what you thought he was going for when you say that, like, it's not as far as it's trying to be. You know, I guess it's just this question of, it It feels like it's supposed to kind of be a, a little bit of a tricky anti-war message, a deconstruction of that. But I don't think it works as well as it could, maybe because it doesn't have enough irony in it. Yeah. It's like, it's really easy to take this movie at face value, which is kind of a, a, I don't think that's bad, but it also kind of shows where I think it's missing. It needs that moment of commentary that it doesn't have, but at the same time, it's really hard to squeeze into this movie. I almost feel pulling the audience into the movie as part of right. <laughs> what he's right. been like, super pedantic about. Right. <laughs> Here, you, you idiots, this is what you want. <laughs> well, to some degree, you can argue that. I mean, it is... Like, this movie gets a lot of <laughs> attack because it's cut some of the incompetent. We'll talk about some of the silly stuff that we think is in the movie. But it's kind of tradition in war movies and tropes and science fiction movies. It's just sort of doing this in an unabashed way. It kind of makes it look silly. You know, like the way the spaceships are all so close together we were talking about. <laughs> stuff like that. So I think before we get way into the scenes, I think that it's I think it's interesting. But the problem is, is it is it is it an interesting movie? Or is it sometimes just a silly movie incompetently, I mean, competently made? And I think it needs to be a little clearer. I think I wouldn't mind a little less... I hate to say this, this movie's either subtle or not as smart as it could be. <laughs> it could be too subtle. But I don't, I feel like some of the credit it gets is just because it's following tropes without really realizing what those tropes are. I feel like I fall on the subtle side of that argument, but yeah. to some extent, maybe it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Right? It's, they, they say that every classic is accidental. Right, yeah, that's, yeah. That's one position to take on. Yeah, on I, I definitely literature. believe that. Yeah, yeah. So whether it was on purpose or not. That's true. You don't have to, discussion. you don't, I mean, Plan Night from Outer Space is a great movie, but it's not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway what was your favorite thing from the movie my favorite thing in the movie was despite this being a sort of fascist militaristic society it is a truly egalitarian society 
There's not a moment of racism in this movie. And there's tons of different people. Before it was fashionable. Brown people and black people of different cultures and different areas. I mean, they're still kind of the same culture of the war. Um, and there's women. And the women are never looked down upon. The women serve in the military completely. They don't care. It's like, hey, can you shoot guys? Can you fly a ship? That's cool. There's a scene where they're playing, you know, future football. <laughs> and it's pretty brutal. And there's women on the team. And no one ever says, go easy on the women. Nobody ever says, oh, broads can't handle a gun. <laughs> right. Nobody, there's not a hint of racism in this movie. Nobody ever once. It's a very egalitarian society. It's a very, I mean, there's problems with this society, like all societies, but one of the things that's nice is, it's a pretty nice place just to be human. Right. They've, they've <laughs> solved racism. Right. Like a Star Trek style. Right. It's kind of like, oh, you're a citizen or not. But even then, if you're not a citizen, they're still like, oh, it's cool. You're not a citizen. That's fine. They're not even, right. not, you're not even upset with you. There's, you made the decision. We respect that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they really get into that much, because most of the movie that we see is with people who are entering the military. Right. It, it does betray it. That might be the last. As, it betrays it as a, as a positive. Last but, classism in the But, you know, there's... Earth. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing about the site. But but even then, you get the impression that there's plenty of non-military people, and it's not that yeah not that big a deal. They're not like, oh, well, don't worry, lots of non-citizens die, we don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Rico's parents are, are wealthy. They seem to be doing fine without yes. being citizens. Yes. So I think my favorite thing in the movie was the propaganda interludes. <laughs> so every 20 minutes or so, they'll throw you into this commercial from the yeah. future where they're talking about the war in very positive terms. And they're all just horrifically violent. Yeah. Would you like to know more? Blood's Which is that, I love that phrase. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's very, uh, it's just propaganda, military propaganda. Uh, and I think there's an implication there that the, the press is... There's no free press. There's no independent press. I, I get that impression. Either that or there is an independent press that knows how to play the game. <laughs> there's a funny part towards the end where they censor something. Which is weird, that, that considering looks everything like it might else. be a sex act. That's right. But every bit of violence is... They, yeah. they just dwell on it for yeah. <laughs> two minutes at a time. All right, so what's, the, your, what's your bad thing in this movie? The opening description where they're... Um, so, they, they start the movie with the uh, propaganda yeah. interlude. Uh, and then after that, there's a scene where they're in a classroom. And the teacher's explaining how the society works. The um, ghost member of the podcast is sneaking by stealthily. <laughs> no one would have noticed if I said something. Yeah. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> It wasn't terrible. It wasn't that long. They maybe could have done a little more there. And mine is, um, and again, this is, I think, intentional, so it's it's on the edge of intentional or not, but I do, as we talked about, it's kind of like the military is a pirate command structure. <laughs> long John Silver is dead. Long live Captain Short John Silver or whatever. All the time in this movie, someone's like, you're promoted. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't die. You're promoted. <laughs> it's sort of a, it's actually, I think, a tool. If you were going to look at this as sort of a propaganda film, it's kind of like a tool to make the characters important and show that advancement's possible in society. Sort of even yeah, turn the tragedy so. of a death into a... I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I, I kind of like it, but I also find it a little silly. And so I'm kind of torn on it, because the more I think about it, the, the more I like it. But I don't know, if, again, like you talk about, I don't know if that's me reading into it. The movie just playing loose and fast with the tropes. You know, in the book, <laughs> the, uh, the protagonist follows kind of a similar arc to... Uh, like a prominent position in the military. <laughs> Not vain. They were kind of staying true to the Well, and the that fits, material, I guess. you know, with the idea of, you know, even in real life military actions, some people rise because of situations. The difference here oh, is sure. that they always, they do get to go back to command and they still stay in charge. 
That's the part that confuses me. <laughs> you're like, well, you're the guy in the field, okay. Good job. But instead of this, well, he wasn't, everybody died, but he's the leader. I guess he's the leader now. That seems a little weird. Yeah. You, you noted that a lot of these advancements seem to be based on violent yes. <laughs> military prowess. Yeah, so that, we will talk about that. To strategy. We talked about that, right. That's uh, that's that's sort of the, this this universe is, is, there's not much military strategy, which again goes with, is that playing with tropes or not? But I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you single-handedly blow up in the enemy... <laughs> You're in a clever way. They'll make you sergeant. You're in charge. I came up with the plan. Doesn't matter. He shot that guy. <laughs> All right. So, hold on. It's I got a good plan. She didn't do much of the punching. <laughs> did you do much of the punching? I guess we're really sorry about talking about the movie specifically now. Oh, yeah. Let's do the spoiler warning. Spoiler warning for a movie that's been like 15 years old. Well, you know. It's just a case. Just a case. You want to go watch Starship Troopers? That's right. Go if not, you can just do it again. Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. (laughs) They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Okay. All right. We're back. And we're back. I'll insert uh, the... Yes, the, no, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Talking about bug blood. <laughs> uh, so it opens up with the the standard propaganda recruitment film, which video which sets the whole standard for the sh- the movie about like joining the military, service guarantee, citizenship. Yeah, all pretty solid. Right, and the, they introduce the violence very early. Right. <laughs> well, and they, the fact that it's in the videos they introduce it shows that it's just a part of their society. Right. You watch this on TV all the time. And it's sort of, it's a flash forward because this is like earlier in the this is later in the movie actually it takes place. But they're on the planet. They're doing the mel- they're oh we're gonna invade the bugs and then the cameraman <laughs> immediately gets killed. I mean the reporter immediately gets killed and you see all the characters running around getting their butts kicked. <laughs> Yep. By giant bugs, and then Casper Van Dien, our, our hero, Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico! Jim Carrey is the Grinch. I like to think Casper Van Dien is Johnny Rico. That's certainly his most famous role as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, yes. He's not very good in uh, Grim Avengers, Grim Fairy Tale Avengers, <laughs> where he oh, plays sorry. Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Why do you know this? Why does anybody know this? <laughs> Grim oh, it's going to get deeper. Avengers. Yeah, Grim Grim <laughs> Avengers. It's a knockoff of, of the Avengers, but with Grim with fairy tale characters. It'll always be my Johnny Rico. Yes, Johnny Rico, <laughs> and he's pretty much the perfect guy for this because I mean he is just even the way he styled is such clean cut all American boy. Yeah, that chin, that chin, <laughs> and that haircut with the part. Set my watch that part. Yes, you set your watch that part. And this is the orientation where the civics teacher, played by Michael Ironside, who's awesome and everything he's ever done. One of two Highlander characters in this movie. If you count Highlander to the quickening, which I do, even though it's not, I just don't think of it as a, it, as long as you don't think of it about Highlander. If you think about it as his own movie, it's enjoyable. Fair enough. Because he's in Highlander too. The word Highlander appears on it. Right, so he's, this is the scene where they're kind of doing an a info dump on how the society works. Right, and they're, they're also establishing the character relationships. Yeah. Which, you know, they do take time to do, which I like. Flirty love triangle. Denise Richards. Johnny Rico's hardest part. <laughs> the hardest part of Johnny Rico's life is the two beautiful women who, who went to have sex with him. You poor bastard. I mean, finally, a protagonist I can relate to. 
Just like being back at school. <laughs> Just like it. <laughs> so With he's Denise making, Richards. He's making googly eyes at Denise Richards. Right. Who uh, I like to think this is her her third best role. Maybe her fourth. <laughs> but her best was, of course, in Tammy and the Teenage T-Rex. But she was also really solid to me as Christmas Jones in... Uh, uh, the world is not enough, oh, which I enjoy. Brother is third on the and list. third on the list is she is white she devil, <laughs> erstwhile villain of Undercover Brother. <laughs> the erstwhile villain, although she became well, she teamed up. Right, she Undercover turns, Brother is is a nice. That's sides. that's a nice movie. I actually really like Undercover Brother because <laughs> I actually one. think it's it's funny, but I actually think it's like a nice commentary on race relations in a nice way. Because at the end of the day, all the teams, all the, except for like the one guy who's upset, because it's just one giant culture, <laughs> and they're all yeah. This is a very gentle race relation. It's a nice, it's a nice movie that says. What's that opening scene where he's uh, swerving around in his car with the orange soda <laughs> that doesn't right, move? That's right. One of my favorite scenes in a movie. <laughs> and that had uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it too, didn't he? Was it? Yeah, he, the, a, he was the intern. He was. Yeah. <laughs> affirmative action. <laughs> They're affirmative action hire. Dave Chappelle's conspiracy brother. Yep. <laughs> so and then uh, did we look? You look at the name of the actress who plays uh, Dizzy. Oh, I had it. She's in everything. She's she is a Dragonheart, Johnny Mnemonic, uh, tons of TV shows. She's a good actress. I, I think she's a solid work workhorse actress. I say that <laughs> in the sense that she's not really she's like, not been anything. She's not like huge. she's super recognizable. Yes, she's but she never is considered quite a star. Got to be kind of a weird place to be where you can still get parts and even get prominent parts. You know what I mean? It's uh, Dina Meyer. Yeah, she's getting prominent parts. Yeah, she's in Johnny Mnemonic. She's an important character in Dragonheart. She's an important character in this movie. She's she's the, one of the two women who want to have sex with Johnny Rico. <laughs> Just clearly important. Which is clearly important. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of actors in Hollywood that have never been anything that would make them a household name. Yeah, but it's weird because you still. I mean, she's clearly getting cast as a. She's a recognizable person. Prominently recognizable. She's not a character actor. Like some characters, are, there's lots of character actors you know. They're on the side. But she's often prominently in a in a strong supporting role. That's true. It's weird. We love you. <laughs> we love you, Dina. Call us Dina. Yes. Birds of Prey was really bad, but you were really good in it. <laughs> this also has, uh, they go to the biology class, and they kind of set up the bugs. Oh, yeah. What makes an intelligent species? What makes a functional species? Because the bugs are, as far as they're concerned, just really dumb, but, but really evolved. This is Did another you... like, heavy metaphor, because the bugs look different from us. It really is. assumption of uh, lack of basic intelligence. Right, right. Which is a pretty solid metaphor for the enemy. In this case, there's a really good solid reason for it, though, because they are giant bugs that are so different. The enemy is literally dehumanized in this movie. It's got Rue McClanahan as the teacher, and she is awesome in this movie. (laughs) I love Rue McClanahan. I forgot she was in this movie. I didn't really recognize her well, until she you got, said something. Right, because she's got those those yeah. glasses on. Because a lot of people have been maimed in this movie. <laughs> what it takes to become a citizen. And she's good. She's good in this movie. I mean, yeah, it's just a small part, but it's good. Yeah. She I makes a compelling it, argument for the bugs being awesome. <laughs> NBH is in the movie, which automatically That's right. makes it at least one level better. That's right. And he's good. He looks so young in this, but I it's like... Oh, it's, he's pretty young. I mean, he still looks young. Maybe it's because he still looks young to me, but he looks really young in this movie. But that's because I think he's a young-looking person. <laughs> you know those movies from 97, right? I know, but still, he looks young now, so he looks really young. Doogie Howser, psychic, <laughs> psychic detective. You gonna do some math? You gonna do some stop, stop the podcast for calculations. Oh, please. This is what happens when you have a computer guy. This isn't, this isn't like a writer problem. He's, he's 25 in the movie. <laughs> 24. <laughs> 
they're pretty much the three characters because they're the three school friends, school chums. <laughs> Each of them going off to different, you end up going off to different divisions. Well, there's four. There's Dina Meyer. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Denise yeah, Richards, Rico, and uh, MPH. Yes. I have no <laughs> idea what his name is in the movie. His, uh, his name's just MPH. <laughs> Psychic SS guy. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> they go to the football scene where they're playing future football. Is there something happened before that you wanted to talk no, about? That's not important. They're doing no, the, none of this is important. MPH is doing the ESP test. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, psychic yeah. Psychic test to yeah. see if Rico has any like psychic ability. And he doesn't. No. <laughs> and I like that it's even like statistically you should have got one of these by accident. <laughs> I like that. But he's introducing the idea that there's some, some kind of latent psychic ability that's woken up in the human race. Yes, yes. So then they go and play football. Future football. <laughs> Future football. <laughs> which, on concrete, apparently. <laughs> which is... Played on concrete and involves a lot more flipping than regular football does. Yeah, it seems like every like everybody's jumping and pushing people out of the way with I want to say three times more power than humans actually possess. <laughs> well, this is the future, and everyone's really powerful because you're right. Like nobody gets nobody just falls down. Like when you get hit, you go flying. Right. And there's only a couple of people that can do it. Yes, <laughs> Dina Meyer's like tossing people out yes. of the way. Catherine D. Van Dien is like. Flipping, like flying, like over and over again. I feel like just once or twice. I mean, he's just like, boom. That's his move. That's his move. So this is where they introduce, uh, I don't have any. Other guy, brown haired guy. He was in Baywatch for yeah. a while. Yeah. Rival uh, love interest. Rival love interest. For Denise um, Richards. And he, he's good. He, he's he's kind of like the weakest actor to me in this movie. And I don't know why, because that's not really fair. They didn't give him much. They didn't give him much, material. to be fair. He, was, he really is just sort of there to be an obstacle. Yeah, he's all right though. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with him, but he, he did seem like the weakest to me. Yeah, I think they could give him some better lines. But a lot, there's a lot of bad lines in this movie anyway. Served his purpose, I guess. And Casper Van Dien was able to sell his lines. You were one of them big smart bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for this guy's name. Patrick Muldoon. Oh yeah, Xander. 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 Xander Barclow. Barclow. So, but he, he's fine. You don't have to care about rival this love interest. Fight over Dee's Richards. <laughs> which reminds me a little bit of sort of old-fashioned like school don't mess with my best girl which is sort of there's a lot of I think oh, yeah. retro things it's, in this stuff it's formulaic yes <laughs> which is kind of fun it makes it like a recognizable well it makes story. it recognizable and it plays with the tropes again and, the idea in an odd setting these are all American boys <laughs> right. it's fighting for their all American girl it's just they do it in an exaggerated way like instead of being like normal show you might have well they just tackle each other like, oh yeah bam and you get blown across the room and yet in a way it, even though it's exaggerated violence nobody's really hurt <laughs> Why are their bones not broken? I don't know. Medical technology in the future seems very good. Yeah. Except for the fact that once you get maimed, they like you to stay maimed. I don't know. Yeah. You lose a limb. <laughs> There's some kind of moral boundary that they're not willing to cross. And, There's uh, a lot of goo-based medicine. There's a lot of goo-based medicine. So you know, it's the future. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. She's going to join military academy, try to be a pilot. And it's established that she's really talented and, and smart. Well, because she's Christmas Jones. <laughs> Sure, that must be a nuclear physicist. Nuclear physicist. <laughs> so uh, they establish this by showing her test score. That's right. Which is high. That's right. And then Rico's test score. Which is low. <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> so he cannot be a pilot. Right. So no matter how much he wants to. <laughs> so he's going to think about joining the military. And that's when he confronts his parents. Yeah. Who are nice people. Who in another movie might represent grayness. They might represent gray. Well, they're worried about you. But ultimately, they represent the wrong point of view in this movie. Right. Which is interesting because it's not... they, they 
make good arguments, except that ultimately they get killed. They're kind of incidental. Well, not really. You think about it because he's only. Even if you think about it, he's kind of away because he's at the military school and they're there at home and they get killed and it's up to him to save the human race. I mean, I don't... This is where I thought the movie might be just do it for extra drama, but I'm going to give the movie a little extra credit. If it's a propaganda film, kind of implying that you need strength to succeed. Yeah, I guess so. This is the really classist part of the movie, I guess. Yes, thought. yes. Because his parents are wealthy. Right. Um, and they really are showing that Rico has options while a lot right. of people don't. Right, right. For a lot of people, the military is their only route. Well, because when they say... Which basically is like real life. Right. And <laughs> when they say like guaranteed citizenship, there's the implication, I think, that you can have citizenship other methods, but service is the only way to always make sure you get it. I guess if like you're super rich <laughs> and you buy a building. <laughs> Congratulations, you're a citizen now. I'll buy that, yeah. There's some... Uh... Corruption. Well, no, they wouldn't necessarily think of that corruption if they thought it was you're contributing to society in a worthwhile way. I mean, if you're going to have a fascist society... Else, I mean, buy your way into the upper right. echelons of society. Right, right. That's what it is. You buy us a spaceship so we can kill bugs. <laughs> we go through a lot because we're really bad at strategy, which we'll cover later. <laughs> Oops, there goes another fuse. I, I can either help you with strategy or write you a check. We'll take a check. The SS Rico. He <laughs> says. Then they go. So after he says he's going, he's thinking about going. It's his life. Blah blah. blah typical teenage stuff. Typical twenty-five-year-old teenage stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is the classic scene where uh, Rico rebels against the right. Stat to get and this the is this goes back to the parallel of All Quiet on the Western Front, where the kids are talked into it by their teacher. In this case, it's ironic because the teacher in this movie is kind of discouraging them from being in the military because he says it's it's a difficult life. Huh. If you if you enter it, I'm starting to see more of these parallels. I don't know if they're just me making them up or but but in All Quiet on the Western Front, the teacher's the opposite. He's encouraging them to go into the military for the glory. So in a way, uh, and that's and so the parents are kind of well, you don't you don't want to go. The society, everything society is discouraging him from doing this in a weird way, even though it isn't a fascist society. Whereas All Quiet on the Western Front is all about these kids being basically brainwashed by society to go Funneled into, into war, the army, right? Go much. like the glory and all that. Huh. That's mm. interesting. Mm. It is. <laughs> It's like Peter Pan. If you believe in it enough, it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> Just like Peter Pan. If you believe there's a parallel, then there is. <laughs> That's true. Hey, you can draw all kinds of parallels. I've, I've always stood by this theory because if you watch, if you talk about zombie movies or zombie stories, someone will always tell you it's a metaphor for something. It's always different. <laughs> zombies are a metaphor for capitalism. Zombies are a metaphor for genocide. Zombies are a metaphor for communism. Yeah, they're zombie. Everything's a metaphor for everything. Shut up. <laughs> Hey, if you can make your case, you can. I'm perfectly willing yes. to listen to your you can <laughs> your zombie metaphor story. <laughs> We're humans like to associate things. We do. Yeah, it's true. Things, it's true. It's even true. if they're not necessarily linked explicitly. That's true. That's true. But anyway, they all go to sign up for the military after the party. There's a party. Oh yeah, it's just real short, but it's just where they have a little bit more of the character stuff, especially with develop Dizzy. The, Dizzy uh, being in love with Rico. Yeah, develop some of the love triangle stuff. Dizzy, poor Dizzy. <laughs> Super hot, super accomplished Dizzy cannot figure out that maybe Johnny Perfect Hair Rico, it's not the guy for her. I don't know why I'm so mad at her all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) She's uh, this movie's Ophelia. (laughs) Also, there's this part where, again, talking about the parallel where where Johnny Rico talks to uh, Professor Michael Ironside, which, by the way, sounds like a character who could be in this movie, Professor Ironside. (laughs) And, and he asks him, like, like do, you think, do you think I should join the military? This is where the talk with Parallel, Michael Ironside's, make, you have to make decisions yourself. It's your only real power you have. It's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it was a good moment because it's <laughs> essentially is the only free decision people in the society, society right. may have. You have to decide what you're willing to do. You can't ask me to make that decision for you. And again, you know, he's, he's the perfect, <laughs> the, the model citizen of this. Michael Ironside is, yeah, he's perfect. He's like Uncle Sam, Captain America of this society. <laughs> I'm going to start saying this, Scott. Well, I wasn't ideal. super keen on this movie, but the more we're talking about it, the more I'm liking it. Huh? Uh, you, huh? you started with me over, sir. You are welcome. <laughs> So then they go to the airport. Oh, no, they go to the... Was it? I don't know what the order. It doesn't really matter what order it is, but when they go to the airport, they go to the recruitment center, and they give their things. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is psychic, so he's going to be in the Games and Something Strategy, which is like the... It's a weird title for it, but it feels very much sort of like propaganda where you, you don't call it what it is. Yeah. You don't right. say, Mind Games Society. Right. I mean, you called him the SS earlier, yeah. and that's essentially what he... When he shows up later, yeah. Yeah. He's the benevolent SS. Military intelligence guy. <laughs> the outfit is very on the nose. It is very on the nose. <laughs> and they, they walk to the recruitment guy. He's like, oh, fresh meat. <laughs> and he's and really, really nice. Where he's like, oh, like, like, ooh, I'll take orders from you, sir. <laughs> oh, the, the ship, the flying guys are, well, who the... The heart of the team, or whatever. His mobile infantry. Congratulations, son. That's because Rico's the dumb guy, so he's got to go. The least, he made me what I am today, and he's got the robot hand. Oh, that's not so bad. He's got a robot hand, but then he wheels away, and he's got no legs. Because yeah. this society really likes to screw you. Right. And that's sort of so, your sign that, again, in another movie, this might be a gray area. It's like, oh my God, you're going to get maimed. But in this movie, that's it's sort of playing with it, because in the end, it's kind of like, yeah, you'll get maimed, but it's glory. It's like right. Vikings. It's the cost of contributing to society. We're pirates. We're <laughs> pirates. And when he says that I'll be taking orders from you in a week, he's not wrong because that's how the society works. Right. <laughs> it's like the, the infantry is definitely for the, like the poor, dumb yeah, class the, of society. Yeah, yeah. Rico has a little moment of realization there. Yeah. Like, what am I getting into? So I think there's a, a propaganda interlude here. They show somebody um, getting executed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Like it's a like... murderer was caught earlier earlier today and tried a swift execution because they're like tonight at six. <laughs> yeah. Man, they do not mess around with this society. Right? They send us the guy, and then they show the, the yeah. electric chair, and they're like, "Whatever they're going to do to him, I'll show I almost think six. that they're not going to electrocute him because this is a society that likes lashes. That's if you true. just screw up a little bit, corporal punishment. Because his, even his father says that, like, I take you know lashes rather than have you do this. I don't think it limits to just military. I think you get a lot of public <laughs> displays of violence. Yeah, I think the military um, justice is <laughs> applies to everyone yes, in society. Yes, I have a feeling that the execution would probably be a little rougher than we're used to. Firing squad? Just, you know, Burned the death a cigarette of a thousand cuts, yes. <laughs> People nibble it on you till you're like, oh, stop it, stop it. <laughs> See? You're terrified. You're not going to murder anybody now, are you, Scott? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I have in my notes, psychic guy, Timothy. Oh, that's uh, Neil Patrick Harris' character. (laughs) Was that his name? I think so. Anyway, they get to boot camp. Right, Um, and this is where we meet our second Highlander character from Highlander (laughs) 1. The great Clancy Brown, voice of Lex Luthor from Justice League. He was in Earth 2, that series that lasted for two seasons. He was in the first episode of Sleepy Hollow, the TV show. Freaking Clancy Brown, man. (laughs) The Kurgan. I remember being in Stuff. You know, sometimes, Scott, I don't think you're paying enough attention to culture, or maybe I have too much in my head. I'm sure it's a little of both. Probably a little bit of both. And he's doing the typical drill sergeant thing. Yeah. All the way, all the way. Yeah, the full metal jacket. But he's good. He's a good actor, and he's got a great voice, so it works. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like a drill sergeant. 
Uh, I believe his name is Zim in this movie. Yeah, Zim. I think it's He's going to come up later. Does anyone think they can knock me down? <laughs> so this is the... <laughs> this is where their military society gets a little more extreme than ours. <laughs> we don't mind if you punch people. <laughs> Big old farm boy comes over. Yeah, fighting is a legitimate way to sell your grievances. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, as we pointed out, there's not strategy in this one. This is this is where I think the other metaphor is force is what matters. Because, it, like, oh, that's great. You're good. We don't care. Can you punch people really hard? Yeah. Later it, in the movie, um, uh, Rico fights Xander. Yes. Xander outranks him at the time. He specifically is saying, all right, rank doesn't matter. That's, Everybody witness, witness that I'm saying Witness this. the throwdown. Because I think it's part of the, the rules of society or something. Because <laughs> that's what he comes in and he punches and, he, and poor farm boy gets his arm broken. Yeah. By Clancy, yep. Clancy Brown. Uh, then Dizzy shows up. Dizzy yeah, shows up. She's transferred. Just because she's she chasing after boy. Johnny. <laughs> so she has a go at uh, Captain Zen. Because he's like, do you think you deserve to be in here? <laughs> and then she she takes off her jacket and they fight. And they, it doesn't something in the crowd say, that's how you become squad commander. Yeah. <laughs> what about leading people well? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Did you punch really hard? Well... It's like wolf. Break that guy's nose. It's like wolf. Wolf leadership. Should we go there? Well, he's the strongest. He's gonna kick your ass. You want to fight him? Nah, that's fine. We'll go that way. I thought I smelled food over there, but whatever. It's a little bit like superhero logic, which is we're talking about like in Avengers. Avengers Captain America comes and gives orders to the police that are pretty solid orders. Who are you to tell us what to do? And then some aliens show up, and he kicks their ass. Well, he can clearly kick aliens' ass. Therefore, he's a good leader. <laughs> Which is weird. I know exactly what you mean. Because even in comic books... Very aggressive kind of might, might makes... Uh, can, can justify anything. Well, because even in comic books, you'll have people who are stupid and be like, well, why would, Captain America, why would anyone listen to Captain America or the Avengers? They're all more powerful than him. Because he's got good plans? He's <laughs> trained by the military to be a strategist. <laughs> I'm just picturing like, an, like a comic where Thor's... You can't even fly. I think I'm going to push that button. Don't push that button, Thor. <laughs> but in this society... Very similar thing going on here. <laughs> so I don't remember how he makes squad leader. This is, you don't remember how... Well, okay, well, first of all, I also like to point out the blue healing leader, juice, because later on we see Farm Boy's got the blue <laughs> healing juice on. It's liquid medicine. <laughs> the goo medicine. This is a plastic container on his arm full of blue goo. <laughs> but there's also a little bit of the character arc between uh, Jake Busey's character. I don't remember his name is. But he's a new character, and him and Rico immediately bump heads. Yeah. Because they're both going for squad commander. They don't like each other. They have a little tussle in the cafeteria line. No drama. Barely qualifies as a fight. That's not really a fight. It's just them. It's just, yeah. They could have eaten each other's faces. and would have been like, oh, that's just, go, go get it fixed. Just put your face in some goo. And then they then they do like knife throwing thing example where they're showing them throwing knives. Because that's important. And, and now, now in the book, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the book, like they're asking, because Jake Busey asks, why do we have to throw knives? We, we use, you know, guns and nukes and all that. And in the, in the movie, it's because it's like he throws a knife in, the, in Jake Busey's hand, and he's like, "That's because you can't use your hand now." But in the book, I believe it's just because you have a nuke. That's not the weapon you're going to use all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you want to use a knife because it's the appropriate weapon to use in a situation. I really don't remember that. I, I think that's in the book, the and book. I think that's that's interesting. I'm not saying it's not in there. It's been a while since I read it. I mean, nukes are not usually usable weapons in most situations. <laughs> One thing I do remember from the book yeah. is that they drop on a planet, and part of the, the protagonist's little monologue is, okay, I'm expected to drop all four of these mini-nukes I'm carrying, or I'll get in trouble. So they kind of do expect you to use all your all your weapons of annihilation. 
that really... fits with this one because they Oof. don't mind going through their stuff. There's no there's no supplies and organs. It's just like use everything you have. We'll give you exactly a hundred thousand bullets. You shoot every single one. <laughs> I, I can see how this movie movie became uh, like an indictment of militaristic societies because the book. I guess Heinlein might be on board with this idea, mm-hmm. but the the book really glosses over some pretty big holes in the theory. <laughs> They're constantly talking about just wiping out native populations of random planets for reasons that are never really explained. Because there is a, there's even a slight implication of this movie that the bugs are really attacking back because they feel like their territory is being violated. And the humans are like, we don't care. You're right. just bugs. I mean, you want to talk about colonialism. <laughs> I think we are talking about Right, that. right. And I think Verhoeven uh, specifically didn't really hammer on that much because he's, it's, it's he a, wants it, to leave it up to you to, right. to kind of come to that realization. Well, and it also kind of paints this picture of this, if this is a propaganda movie for this society, how they might have accidentally put them there without realizing what they're saying. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. We know nothing about them. <laughs> But they hate everything we stand for. And they told me you guys look like jerks. <laughs> you know nothing about their culture or society. <laughs> oh, and this is like the, where there's the, the unisex shower scene. And they're all in the shower. But it's interesting, again, because it could easily be titillation. But strangely, it's not from the, from the guy who made Showgirls, which is a terrible <laughs> titillation movie, but still there. There's all these naked people, but it's all handled very matter-of-factly, which is interesting. Right. Like, you know, there's some, the women are top, they're all naked. You, know, you can see their asses and everything, except for you can't see the schlongs, because that's, ooh, that'd be weird. <laughs> but no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. <laughs> it's part of this future where there's a co-ed shower, and it's not... It's not sexualized. Right. It's, it's really not just, sexualized. They're just like all talking. That's just how society is. Right. It? And I like that. That's an interesting scene. That's like, it makes me actually like the society. <laughs> I have issues with the society, but I like that they're cool with each other. Maybe they're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> and she they're all just talking about their with... background. And it's kind of interesting. You get the little stuff like, you know, the one wants to have kids and the best way to get a license to have kids. Right. Is give to be them, a citizen. Give us a little window into the society. Yeah. Right? Citizen confers privileges. And, and then, this is where Rico's outed as having joined... To chase uh, Denise chase, Richards. Yeah, to chase Denise Richards. Dizzy outs him. Like, Ooh. But again, it's, 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 inter- it's an interesting scene to me because it's, it's it's really interesting how the camera can portray objectification or titillation or not. And this is very matter of fact. So in a weird way, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, they're all very attractive people. They're all, I will usually say Aryan ideal, but they're really more of a physical ideal for all. You know, because they come yeah. in, there's all, they're brown people, black people, women, men, and they're all different body types in a certain way. I mean, they're not, they're all fit, but they're not all the same. Right, maybe in the future they figured out that diet pill thing. <laughs> well, and also, I'm thought, if this is also a propaganda movie, it's like, it's selling the point. It's like, look at these fit specimens you could be part of. Absolutely. Very attractive people. Yes, very attractive. And then we cut to Millet, uh, the... Denise Richards, super pilot. <laughs> right, and Amy Smart's in this. She has a very small part in this movie. Denise Richards, there. super pilot. <laughs> So this is one of like three, two or three scenes where Denise Richards is is showing off her right, skills. and everyone comments on it to make sure you got it too. <laughs> this is not super impressive. It seems like she's taking unnecessary risks, yes. <laughs> mostly. But that's what they like, like in the future. Impressed, Remember the future is like. That's true. Are you a good pilot? Well, yeah, I can get us there. Yeah, but you can make it look cool. <laughs> this is the pilot version of like, yes. violence. Of my, of you fl- later. backflips. <laughs> If you can almost get everybody killed, <laughs> you'll probably get promoted. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's like she's, she's back in the spaceship out because it's a manual. Everything's a manual in the future. You'd think they just push buttons, but instead they have, like, a little yoke. 
And then like they're all like worried because there's these docking. She's, she's driving tunes. a stick. Yeah, she's driving a stick. <laughs> there was a, an episode of DuckTales where they had to go in outer space, and the spaceship had a stick. And, and they get it to get it going, which they stole for Star Trek, the new Star Trek movie. They had to, <laughs> they push the spaceship off a cliff and they pop the clutch. <laughs> and, I was like, and I just realized that right now. I just realized that. I think it was the introduction of Gizmo Duck too, which That's is interesting. Very Star Trek thing to do. <laughs> yes, Gizmo Duck, one of my favorite, you know, extended Duck Duckburg characters. There's so many. Oh, they're here. <laughs> they are. Does Darkwing ever make an appearance there? No, he was in his own show, but but uh, Gizmo Duck would make appearances in Darkwing Duck. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, because Launchpad was the character that crossed some... over. Launchpad McQuack became well because a couple of commentaries. No, I'm not going to get too far into this, but I'm going to get a little into this because that's what I do. Oh boy, <laughs> Ducktales had so many characters by the third or fourth season that there really wasn't anything for Launchpad to do. So they basically shuffled him off to Saint Bernard, where Darkwing Duck lived, and Darkwing Duck was. From then on, Launchpad was there. And the only real crossover you get is you really... I think you had Magicka in one episode. Magicka Dispel. But otherwise, uh, Gizmo Duck would show up. And they had the classic... I'm going to go into this little... <laughs> they had the classic Iron Man-Batman rivalry kind of idea. Because the idea is that like, Gizmo Duck was always like, super-powered. Because he's got a super suit. And Darkwing didn't. And they would always kind of fight about that. Because <laughs> Darkwing Duck was always a little insecure. That he didn't have superpowers. Sure. And Gizmo Duck kind of underestimated him. It's it's a fascinating dynamic. Classic tale. I'm telling you right now, Disney, Disney. If you want me to write the Gizmo Duck movie, the the Justice Ducks movie, <laughs> the Ducktales, Superman versus Batman. The well, I don't have to do the verses. I think is there a Duck that. Superman? <laughs> uh, well, there. <laughs> I don't know if there was. Oh yeah, there was a. Well, he's not a Superman, from a duck, but he's a human character from another planet who's got superpowers, <laughs> like Superman. He comes from a planet where everybody has superpowers. And at one point, he needs Darkwing Duck's help. And this goes back to the theme. Darkwing Duck goes to help him, but it turns out it's because they only have one normal guy on the whole planet, and they're all trying to save him all the time. And he mis-disappeared. <laughs> so all the superheroes need someone to save. So that's why they need Darkwing Duck. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, we're going to go back to the, the movie, not the deep, deep Duckburg. Oh my gosh, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who even knows anymore? Um, so they go to a, they're doing like a fake, uh, a combat simulation. The laser tag, the reckoning scene. <laughs> yeah, this is where uh, Rico distinguishes himself. Right, even though he doesn't come up with the plan. <laughs> right. Dizzy comes up with the plan. Dizzy comes up with the plan. Uh, they're playing like Catch of the Flag. It's their old football flag. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So of course he flips, because that's what he does. <laughs> this is just like uh, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Football can be used as a combat it weapon. Is. It is. And then he captures the flag, even though Dizzy came up with a plan, and you see the guys going like, that guy looks like he'd be squad leader. <laughs> it's like, they actually cut to Dizzy, and she's going... Yeah. It's like she's not... And she doesn't huh. ever say, like, maybe I should be squad leader. She's literally like, well, he is really good at flipping. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, unspoken third member of the podcast said she nodded, she agreed. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. And this kind of, again, sets up the, the, the fact that Jake, Jake Pusey rivalry that they've had, but it kind of, I think that this is the scene where she, immediately after he gets promoted. Well, before that. Oh, okay. I wrote down here, the army prefers gymnasts to nerds. <laughs> I like the picture she goes, Captain, I came up with the plan. And they're like, nice job, Melvin. 
Did you see him flip? He was flipping. <laughs> we need somebody to read War and Peace. We'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Strategy. Strategies for people who can't flip. <laughs> Which isn't really far out of line with this 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 movie. Because that's constantly how you get promotion. You do something physically spectacular. Like if someone gives a good command, like, hey, we should retreat and come back here and we'll fire. Then we'll fire. And do... I guess. <laughs> Saved the lives of a hundred men. <laughs> you didn't flip. Get out. Get out. So then Denise uh, sends Rico a note and breaks up with him. Because she wants to be in space. Because and... we knew it was going to happen. Right. You know it's going to happen. There's a scene earlier where he's like, just tell me you love me. Yes. <laughs> well, she's right. I mean, they're going in different directions. And plus, he's a lonely grunt. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's and... pretty clear from the beginning of the movie this was never going to happen. Right. And then, and then I like this because this is a weird way. It's kind of like everyone's kind of says, eh, they kind of suck. All his friends are like, oh, that kind of sucks. But Jake Busey, this is their moment of reconciliation where they finally come together. Yeah. Yeah, man, it sucks, dude. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. They, they, they actually had a little bit of a character arc for them. Bonded through suffering. <laughs> Bonded through suffering. So then they're doing... Um, live fire live exercise. Live fire exercise. <laughs> it's a little off. There's people like marching around. Right. That they're having their... Their life fire exercises. Right. I'm just going to chalk it up to future technology. <laughs> Stopping All they got to do is like show a force field or something. Because it's like, there's people like marching like two feet away from the battle area. Yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> Disregarding that. And they're not doing stuff like the people are like watching. The people are just like, <laughs> mopping. and <laughs> It's like playing ping pong. Some guy's doing tetherball. I, I mean, I'm assuming. I don't know. But... <laughs> I like to think that's true. Yes. I like the picture, like, in the extended cut. Like, they're playing tetherball. And then they're about to win, and then a ball gets shot. And they're just like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> My bad. Oh, man. That would have fit perfectly in this movie. <laughs> so slapstick. Um, so the big dumb ox is having trouble with his helmet. Right. <laughs> the guy got his arm broke. Um <laughs> And he, like, takes it off and hands it to Rico, and somebody trips, shoots him in the head. <laughs> right, shoots him in the head, he's dead, that's it. And um, then that shot where, like, and I do like the shot, actually, where he, like, Rico sees the guy on the down, he's pretty dead, I mean, he's, <laughs> and he's like, medic! It's oh. like, well, that's all you can do. We can do a lot, there's not enough blue juice to fix the empty brain cavity. That was one of my favorite parts from earlier, is uh, anytime Zen would hurt somebody, <laughs> just call out medic. yell medic and walk off. Like, like you picture like medics, they're just standing there, oh boy, oh, he's going to break that arm, he's going to break that arm, I've seen this before. Okay, it's Clarence, it's time to shine. <laughs> so poor Clarence is having a bad day there this time, because he shows up, I can, oh, I'm, dude, I cannot fix this. <laughs> Just trying to scoop the brains back into the <laughs> brains in there. Put some blue juice in there. <laughs> Stuff fixes everything. They have to try. <laughs> so that's enough to get you demoted, I guess. They're talking about whether or not who would have known that the guy who flips is not the best commander. <laughs> he should have. What I should have done, I think, would have been cool. This scene is if he had like they demoted him. And then he did some handstands and like some like push up handstands. And they would have been like, damn it, that's good. You're back. <laughs> One arm handstand. <laughs> it's like, damn it, he's just too damn good. It's funny because it wouldn't have been out of place in the middle. No, it wouldn't have been. 
And then he gets uh, the one, the one, the woman, the soldier who killed the guy. She's seen walking out. Yeah, she watched Real core spirit. They say like, "Well, we've got two. We've lost two cadets because of this. Recruits, do you think he's salvageable?" He's like, "Yeah, he's salvageable, but then he's gonna get lashes." The corporal punishment part of the movie. The administrative punishment. I like they call it administrative in this one. <laughs> right. Because again, you can tell how far they moved because there's a black man whipping this white guy. Nobody kind of. It's not uh, important. Yeah. I don't know if it's intentional or not. <laughs> it's a super long whip, and the guy's way far away, so it looks very dramatic. And I'm like, man, you gotta gotta train to be good at that. I I just get some regular guy to do it with a regular smaller whip, but not in the future. They don't skimp. <laughs> That's why you'll never be a citizen. That's why I'll never be a citizen. Like too small. I'll never be the whip guy. Hold on. Oh, that sort of got him. <laughs> Does it count? Oh, there's a little, there's a welt. Does that count? House limit of three do-overs. <laughs> oh, ow. Oh, ow, I hit myself. <laughs> Why do we keep letting him do it? Practice, Martinez. Practice. Uh, so they whip Rico, and it's uh, kind of clear they want him to stay in, right? Right. Uh, uh, Drill sergeant guys <laughs> trying to get him to, to not leave. Right, right. Which is really odd because they whip him. Then, he, and then he's going to leave. Washes out anyway. I was like, well, maybe he. I mean, I guess it could have said something like, I thought I could take. And he, he is right. He's like, well, I'm not really still guy who should be here. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of so. just did it for a stupid reason and it's gone. And he's about to. This is before. But before this, we see the asteroid coming, the spaceship. Oh, yeah. Where once again, we see Denise Richards, super pilot. <laughs> <laughs> flying through space and the guy's like you've changed my course and she's like it's more efficient this way I'm like in space where's she going she's just going towards one thing I don't understand how efficient does it have to be I'm going towards the thing we're going for ooh okay Brainiac <laughs> I like to think it's a geodesic instead of a straight line <laughs> yes and then there's the they're drinking the space coffee it's just regular coffee but I like to think of it as space coffee it is in a glass mug <laughs> it looks very futuristic <laughs> And this also um, is the, they, the bridge. They brew it in that rotating yeah. <laughs> device. <laughs> the giant rotating thing It's in the always bridge. in the shot. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what's in there. Space Every time coffee. I see that shot, it's space coffee. It's got to grind the space beans. <laughs> 90% of the ship's power is devoted towards that. Which makes sense in society, because they're not very efficient. <laughs> Somebody's probably doing that by hand. <laughs> it's core administrative punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Before they went to war, they were probably on the quest for the perfect bean. That's right. And then the asteroid shows up. I've not done enough research, and I'm not even sure the size of the ship. So I'm not sure the size of the ship either. But this looks like a huge friggin' asteroid. It seems large. It seems huge. And it's like, and it almost hits the ship, even though I would like to point out space is really big and that you really don't have to dodge. But that's all right for the drama. That, that disbelief is going to have to be suspended right. when you watch this movie. And I'm like, this is the asteroid that's going to hit the planet. I'm like, isn't that a, like, planet killer shouldn't there be like nuclear winter maybe they have the technology to prevent it I don't think it is it. actually so okay. like a planet killer would be the size of a, a small state I oh, okay think. okay well I mean it's fine I'm not really I'm not too ass. worried about it because it's dramatic yeah. and once again she dodges she she uses her last minute to <laughs> spill it <laughs> take, take know-how to dodge and even though that's kind of a brainiac thing to do it's also sort of spectacular <laughs> so you know, the captain's like, who's a woman, and nobody nobody comments on that. You know, she's a woman. Thanks to our ace pilot, <laughs> Denise Richards. Are you looking at the size of a planet? I'm looking asteroid? up the size of the asteroid would have to be <laughs> to kill the planet. <laughs> anyway, what are you doing? This is riveting audio. <laughs> we'll probably trip that down. 
And this is again where you talk about like like the propaganda where the kids like stopping the bugs. Everybody. Oh no, that's later. That's later on. I didn't. I think the kids stopping the bugs was in the beginning of the movie. Well, no, it's, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. The ghost is wrong in this case. <laughs> and uh, my notes clearly say it's in here. Dish. And the uh, oh, mine did too. <laughs> so, so the the asteroid goes and squashes Johnny's parents. It's like they're talking like he's like, "Mom, Dad, I'm coming home," and they're like, "It's good, it's good." And this is sort of a nice moment of reconciliation. In another movie, this might lead to like, but no, in this movie, it's like Johnny, you're a wimp. Your parents are wimp. They're gonna die. <laughs> So, and there's like, they're talking, and then it gets all gray and black, and it's like, is it rain? <laughs> and like, which makes sense. I mean, they're inside. They're not going to be like, oh my god, there's a giant asteroid coming. They could have gone goofy with it. And had the parents <laughs> start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it just looks like the feed cuts out. Yeah, and he just like, he doesn't think about it. Out. Yeah, he doesn't think about it. And then he's going to wash out lane. Right. And then that's when they're like, oh, we're going to war. Buenos Aires has been obliterated by the bugs. They let him back <laughs> in the army because they're like, well, you know... We tried to get another flipper. Nobody's as good as you, Johnny Rico. <laughs> Do one of those backflips. <laughs> just back for me. Just... He does some juggling too, and they're like, "Ooh, what coordination!" <laughs> so then that's the yeah war, and this is interesting because like right away the mess, and you you know I know that I don't know this, I don't know if it's intentional, but I'm gonna read into it. You talk about like the idea that you always need it. an enemy. Go wild. Like I love that like the message that they get that they're being broadcast like minutes after this attack, seconds after this attack, really. Is right away like whoa, yeah. Like, like they're ready. They had this queued up. They were just <laughs> waiting for something to come and attack us. You know what I mean? Right. It seems very possible they could have detected this thing coming and prepared. I, see, I'm not that sinister. I'm more the sinister of like, we'll just wait. Just you know, we're pissing off a bunch of aliens. Someone's going to sh- attack us. Right. We'll be ready. Well, either way, it's both. Uh, I mean, there's like fair. flames. They've got like flames and the war coming. Like big word war. It's not like war declared. It's like war. And then, like you were saying, there's a video of kids stomping on roaches. Yeah. Do your part. It's like the earth bugs. These little sociopathic kids. Right. Going nuts. Which really isn't that weird. Again, it's sort of like the cliche. It's sort of a metaphor for like, you know, Japanese internment camps where it's like, and even now, I mean, come on, after 9-11, I mean, even now we're still wrestling with that where it's like certain brown people are like, oh, well, you know, can you trust? During World War um, II, uh, Germans were, were mistreated and mistrusted immensely. Oh, yeah. Um, so in this case, they're just freaking bugs. They literally are not doing anything. And the people are like, yeah, yeah, crush those bugs. Yeah, I'm sure there's a huge market for people selling bugs. The crush. For other people to stop on. Crush, a, a bug crushing party. So yeah, it's... Right, it's another kind of subtext that it's very easy for us to dehumanize. Yes, <laughs> whatever segment of uh, and, and lash out determined as the enemy. Yeah, and lash out even when it doesn't even make sense because definitely just... the bugs are not collaborators. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> just dumb animals ready to form a mob and right. burn something to the ground. Right, it'd be different if you caught these if we caught these bugs smuggling in plants. <laughs> Take all our good. Uh, Vegetation eating jobs. I guess. <laughs> well, even there's the part where they're like, you know, this is this this galaxy will belong to the human life, and I'm like, well, even on Earth, bugs are pretty popular. They've done a pretty good job. <laughs> More bugs than people. I'm saying if like the planet killer came along, the humans might not survive. The bugs would probably be okay. <laughs> oh, bugs don't have guns. Well, that's true. Bugs don't have guns, but like they also don't have to eat as much. They survive a lot better. They have a lot more gener- generations. Right, but as long as the humans are still alive, they're going to be on top of that 
Oh, you're so naive. You're so naive. <laughs> I'll be eating my hat uh, in 10 years. <laughs> you're eating your hat when the, when the bug come. overlords come. And the dolphins, yes. So I think we cut to uh, Xander and Carmen getting friendly. <laughs> well, that was in the uh, when the asteroid part. That was just before the asteroid part. No, I think it's after this interlude. They cut back to him for a little bit. Okay. Um, it seems like they're hooking up. Maybe. Well, I thought they were about to kiss when they noticed the coffee, space coffee reacted to gravity well. Well, maybe right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It can be two scenes, one scene. Yeah, my timeline's confused. Um, Up is down. So they're going to war, and they got all this, The like, they're doing that. This is the, sort of the same report you saw killing the first part. It's talking like, you know, we're on the ship to land on the bug planet. <laughs> and you see, like, all the characters walking around. They're like, yeah! There's that line, like, I love this line because it's so, like, it's such stupid bravado. That's why I wrote this, not bravado. We're going to eat some bugs. And then he cuts to Dizzy. Like, he looks at Disney. Dizzy looks at the camera, like, all fierce. He's like, yum, yum. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so, like, artificial, but it's also kind of like these kids are inflating themselves because they're like, we're going to be awesome. We're going to kill bugs for the human race. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've seen that on the news. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and especially in this case, it's like they're really selling it. This is the only case where I think, like, this is also about arrogance, though, because you wouldn't show a video of people getting slaughtered. If yeah. you, this is where the humans are kind of incompetent. We we talked about this. This is a society of jocks, but not even like jocks who play strategy games. Like even the football is just like, can you flip? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one hole in the movie. They wouldn't. I, I, I agree. They wouldn't show. Seems like they. <laughs> if this know were more. an actual thing, yeah. they wouldn't show as many dead bodies in the property. Right. <laughs> Or though, I guess if you want to be cynical, you could say that they do it intentionally because that would make people more excited because it's like, man, this is a real threat. Right. Did well, they... in 1984, um, the people in the society where everybody's been desensitized to violence. Yeah. yeah. Right. The prota- protagonist sees a dog carrying a hand off somewhere and thinks, huh, maybe that should, I feel like I should be disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Johnny and... Uh... So I could buy into that. Well, I mean, there is that aspect of it because, I mean, there's plenty of, they show plenty of like raw dead bodies. Right, and, uh, they just keep blasting people with it. But yeah, they tend to. They might start taking a killing and yes. dying lightly. Yes, Johnny and uh, Denise, Johnny Rico, and whatever her name is, Denise Richards' character, super pilot. <laughs> <laughs> they reunion, gave meet Xander Barclay, Bar- Barclay, whatever. Xander. They immediately butt heads again, <laughs> right? They immediately butt heads again. Right. This is the part where um, Xander outranks him because he's yeah. a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking around, people tell him, my rank doesn't matter. Which is funny. We're going to fight. Nobody's paying attention to what you guys are doing. It's really kind of being obnoxious to draw attention to. It. <laughs> it's like, you want to, it's like, you like I got my own life over here, man. I'm just trying to get ready for war. Maybe I want to relax a little. I want to focus instead of you guys. Hey, we're going to fight. Hey, you want to go against fight? It's okay, we're going to fight. <laughs> Again, I assume this is part of some like, unspoken, some law of society we don't know about. <laughs> Where you have to have somebody witness your witness your me decision <laughs> before you engage in the holy ritual of combat. So they beat the crap out of each other before going into battle. Yeah, which is weird. And then they kind of each other some. Beat, yeah, not stop. too bad. And it stops. Uh, and then they all go get tattoos. That's right, laser tattoos. Because that's what you do if you're a grunt. <laughs> They do the attack. And here's where the movie... This is one of those questions where I'm like, is it just dumb strategy? Or is the movie commenting on like how we see so often in fiction dumb strategy? Because 
the ships are all like lined up. All the ships that are dropping off the soldiers are right on top of each other. It's like, <laughs> there's plenty of room, guys. But no, it's like they're right on top of each other. And then they drop the soldiers on the planet. There's no determination of sense of where they're supposed to go. It's just like drop them and it's like, that direction. <laughs> I'm not, I, well, I'm not going to comment about the ships. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a valid criticism. But <laughs> just dropping people in waves. I, I feel like that's modeled on how a lot of military it actions is. happen in the real world. It is, but it's not usually a direct action like that. I mean, like Normandy was like that. You know, you do storm and. Right. But it's like, this seems like a little bit... Now, partly you could probably strategize is the fact that the humans have really underestimated the bugs. I think that's part of it. And the other part is probably that um, whoever's controlling the operation is not that concerned yes. about casualties. <laughs> and I think the other part is, it's you could even argue it's sort of a, a commentary on the fact that so often in fiction in general, like, military strategy is not that important. It's the glory. It's like, well, see, there are heroes and they march forward into battle and a lot of times it's like, well, we don't really care about the strategy. It's not really important. It's like, do they do cool stuff? You don't usually watch a John Wayne movie and go like, wow, did you see what he planned that attack? Yeah. No, it's like, man, he stormed that bunker and killed that Nazi. Right. There's not a lot of parts where he's waiting around for three days to get in position. Here's our plan. We resupply. Then we resupply again. And then we wait for orders. <laughs> I really think it's a comment on how little the military gives a shit about your life. Yes, that's true, too. The ship one, the reason it makes sense is like, these things got to be expensive. But then again, it's a, if it's a military industrial complex. Yeah. They're cranking these things out. Right. <laughs> Whether they're, the, these they're probably told to get too not. close. Get closer. <laughs> we can maybe take out two or three. Cha-ching! They're very close together. Right. <laughs> and then the aliens are shooting like these plasma balls. Right. To the point where one ship gets hit. Yeah. And immediately crashes into, into another, another ship. <laughs> well, they're like, and they're even like, well, it's plasma. Don't worry. We were told it'd be random and light. <laughs> this isn't random or light. Somebody screwed up. Or did they? It just seems like a bad strategy to be that close. But yes. Yeah. Another for- problem is they, they keep going forward into this field. <laughs> they are in space. Turn, turn around. Go up. <laughs> Go up or down. Yes. Or back. Or back. <laughs> or anywhere else. Really. Anywhere. So yeah, it's a little bit of a shit show, right? They, they right. go down and the bugs are more prepared than and they thought. And <laughs> it, it does sort of start with like the idea that maybe they're, like, there's a couple of, they kill a couple of the big ones that shoot the plasma. And at first you're like, okay, well you know what's going to go badly because you've seen this, the flash forward. Yeah. But at first it's kind of like they're all like, okay, we got this. It's kind of like that moment of like, oh, we can handle this. And that's when they find out the ships start crashing. And then they run into the bugs and suddenly there's a bunch of bugs. <laughs> and they're just getting their ass kicked by bugs. Yeah. They're defending themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they see all the bugs and they're just like, and then Johnny Ring, Johnny's, kill them all! And they just all move forward shooting. Yeah, so um, the other guy is the squad leader. Not Jake Busey. Was it Jake, Jake Busey? Busey. Oh, okay. He's the squad leader at this point. Oh, okay. And he kind of freezes up. So oh, that's right. Rico steps in and... and uh, gives the order to shoot things. <laughs> gives the order to shoot wildly. <laughs> and you have the one guy who runs out in the middle of the field. He's like, die! Die, man. <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> that was a weird little... Uh, but I guess I mean, it might make sense in the terms of like military engagement well, with plus, uh, new recruits. Yeah, yeah. There's Somebody actually... goes a little wild. No, that's what... Oh. I'm going to plug my book in the na- A Nameless Witch. Oh, boy. In, in that book... <laughs> I have these little, like, tales people tell each other that I like about characters, and one of them is the story of Skewered Bob, who was on a soldier who was so excited to march in the battle that he misheard the call to assembly as the call to charge, and he ran out of the field, and he was all by himself, and the other enemy could have, like, just killed him or let him go, but instead they just shot him full of arrows and killed him. 
And, and that's what I think about this guy. He's like skewered Bob. He's like, glory! <laughs> You're like, dude, you need some backup. And he goes out pretty nasty, man. He's He is torn into shreds. Yeah, limbs flying. And uh, and the poor woman who All the deaths in here are pretty gory. <laughs> especially this part. And the one who's like uh, wants to be a mom, she freaks out and starts running, falls into a pit. And is dragged <laughs> off to her death. Almost all the characters that we've introduced you to die in this scene. Right. Because everybody who doesn't gets promoted. <laughs> Except for uh, Busey. Busey. Um, oh, he'll never win. <laughs> Poor Busey. He just learned to do one backflip. <laughs> if only. <laughs> it's one weakness. Cartwheel? Something? <laughs> Come on! Now, now I'm picturing him like auditioning for command. <laughs> hey, hey guys! Hey, look! Look what I can do! Hey, Captain! Captain! Watch me, Captain! Watch me! Watch oh, me! Yeah, okay, Busey, go ahead. Look! Look what I did! Huh? Am I promoted? <laughs> That's good, Busey. No, you're not. I like the idea that he's got a floor routine ready to go. <laughs> Flags with the streamers <laughs> and some some soft classical music. <laughs> So this goes all badly, and it looks like uh, uh, Rico's dead, but he's not. Although he goes on the dead list accidentally. Yeah, I guess. It certainly looks like he got eaten at that point. Well, yeah, somebody saved him. But, like uh, the, the other yeah. people show up and saved him. I guess he's fine. He's fine. He's in the blue, he's in the tank, the blue the goo tank. Right. The important part is that he's listed as dead. Yeah, um, and, and then Carmen sees him in the the casualty list. Yeah, and this is the part where it's a little weird to me because again. These are sort of sociopathic people because, like, his two, Dizzy and Jake, are like, Hey, man, you're dead! <laughs> and they're like, man, everybody we met for these last couple of weeks is dead, guys. But nobody's <laughs> like that. They're all just like, see you in three days, Johnny. It's like, he's got to float in this tank for three days, just kind of like the goo tank? I'm really starting to think that's, like, a part of their society. Yeah. Very desensitized to... to... <laughs> Right. Normal emotion. I mean, like, that guy got torn into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sucked for him. <laughs> yeah, they pan over the battlefield at the end. is just piles Carnage. of burned corpses. And it's just like, we need to fight harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Rico's in the goo bath. And, like, it's just those three people that survived, I think. I, the, the ones we know. They cut to, this is, again, we're talking about the egalitarian society. Like, the, scar, the sky marshal retires because he was an idiot. And he's a white guy. He's replaced by a black woman. But again, nobody, not once does it come up. It's just like, yeah, you're next. Yeah. I like that aspect. I mean, it's it's, in, cool. this, in this movie, it's despite its flaws. unbelievable that the Sky Marshal lost his position after like losing one I think, one though, but that's the thing. It's it's like a scapegoat. You know, we're just going to scapegoat the guy. Yeah. And then it doesn't head. matter because it's, as long as we can just keep this war going. Right, I like that. He's, he's the figurehead of the well, She's next. You know, if something complex. will go wrong and then she'll just, just toss her off and put a new one. <laughs> Unless she gets it right. Then the, uh, and I like this part where, where she thinks, they think uh, Johnny Rico's dead. The bugs don't take prisoners. I'm like, <laughs> even if he's a prisoner, you wouldn't know he was, he'd still be probably presumed dead. They're not going to get a ransom note. Yeah, the bugs might take prisoners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of corpses down there and a lot of pieces. <laughs> this movie is so violent. It is. And it, it does it in a sneaky way where it's maybe a little jarring at first, but then you Kind of stop recognizing right, it. Right, right. You become part of the society. Very meta. It's very meta. <laughs> I wrote nice violence here. <laughs> oh, nice violence. That's cool. Okay, first of all, let's cut. Oh, Remember yeah. they, they okay, join okay. the roughnecks. Yep. The rough riders. 
the Roughnecks are the Roughnecks. They're not Rough Riders. Mm. Don't even disagree with me on this, sir. <laughs> but okay, Roughnecks, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and that's the uh, Ironside is there as the leader. Yeah. And his name right. starts with R. It's like Rex's Roughnecks or something. And I'm like, that's how you can tell that Rico's probably could slated for a promotion here. Right check, there you go. And uh, ghost, the ghost Thank says... You, third member. <laughs> and so they, they meet him. This is where you write the sociopath, because you'd think after that traumatic experience, they'd be like, wow, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but there's like, man, I can't wait to go kill some bugs. Yeah. <laughs> the book was very much in the same vein. I can see that, I can see that. <laughs> so yeah, alliteration and gymnastics are how you get ahead <laughs> in Starship Trooper Society. <laughs> And again, this, yeah. <laughs> this the roughnecks is is full of of women and different mind, different ethnic groups, different races. It's just it's just there. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it looks like the deck of the uh, Starship Enterprise. Yes, uh, just with everybody's violent progress. It's like you're just like, what is your job? <laughs> oh, I'm the radio operator, and I shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> what is your job? I flip, and I shoot people. <laughs> What are your hobbies? <laughs> I like long walks on the beach, <laughs> nights by the fire, and pulling fingernails out. <laughs> so they go to the planet. This time, they're, the aliens, the, the the humans are smart enough to bomb the bugs at first. Yeah, so they're doing like bombing, yeah. strafing runs. Yeah, um, and the the roughnecks, rough riders, whatever, <laughs> are smart enough to form a line. <laughs> <laughs> sort actually, of actually shoot the bugs like the same bug yeah and the idea is that the uh the the reason they can't bomb partly is because the bugs live so deep underground they can get the stuff on the surface but so they're like hunting bug holes yeah. oh i can nuking them i can buy there being yeah. a reason for yeah. You to, yeah for them to send down troops well and every science fiction story does that i mean really in the future i imagine if we do have intergalactic war it's just gonna be a lot of shooting from space but that's really hard to make interesting <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like Star Wars is dumb because it's like everyone's like got front facing guns even though they're in space, and it's like why are you guys all having dog fights? Should you be something else because you're space? <laughs> the asteroid thing seems like the most likely yeah. weapon or, of choice, or like Star Trek, Star Trek where it's like Wrath of Khan. They're like they, the only time they ever do like a, a three dimensional maneuver in the whole series of Star Trek is where, and yet even then they still surface like surface with quotation marks. It's like why you can shoot it from underneath. But the Enterprise literally like surfaces behind Khan's ship. It's like it's space, man. Have you ever read the Foundation trilogy no. from Asimov? There's there's a part in there where they actually talk about how people <laughs> think in two dimensions. Yeah, and there was some like famous battle maneuvers where people like came up from underneath yeah. and shot somebody. Yeah. There was a, a just they they treat it as a limitation of the human brain. <laughs> right, I can see that. I mean, I think we innately do that. Oh sure. Uh, one of the in the eighties, Silver Surfer had a comic, and he's like a space superhero. One of the things that the first artist really did was I found was really interesting is he loved doing scenes where like they're talking in space, but like Silver Surfer's upside down from somebody else's perspective, and somebody else is standing from like all these characters oh, that are space. used to being in space don't think in that term. They don't think in up, so they don't like line. They wouldn't they would not line up properly. And I thought it was always a really interesting design to it because never no one ever said anything. It's like it's space. It just. They would, it, they'd be at odd angles, but it's because they're all in space and they're all used to it. Yeah, that makes and sense. And most artists don't do that. Most artists will innately draw the characters standing parallel to each other or at least the same eye, same level, same design. That's certainly way easier and lazier. 
But yeah, because it looks, and it's also a little weird. It's harder to fit into frame and all that. But it worked really. Yeah. I, I always remember it when the comic, because that was one of my favorite things about it. Was like, I remember the first time I was like, oh yeah, they're in space. <laughs> There's very few um, sci-fi shows that show like real how a spaceship would actually maneuver right. in space too. Well, and even like how battle would probably be like ships not even being close to each other at all. But that's all right. It's because again, for it's a visual convention. Like I don't sure. Star Wars isn't even season science fiction at all. It's science fantasy, so of course it looks cool. Explosions are louder in space. Right. There's no air to get in the way. <laughs> That's right. I had the theory that the spaceships were so close together because they were trying to draft for speed. <laughs> That's right. Well, what was our theory that like uh, the universe is much smaller because they removed all the dark matter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they put it in their guns. That way their guns have so much bullets. So many bullets. <laughs> The Infinity Clip. <laughs> the Infinity Clip. This is where they, they, they nuke a bug hole or whatever, but then when they get back to the meat rendezvous, there's a giant acid-spitting bug. It's a pretty cool sequence. Yeah. And it comes out and melts, melts. Some, <laughs> like, yeah, melts one of the, the character's arms and is oh, doing it's stuff. Girl. Yeah, it's a girl. Not even making the, the you, distinction Even anymore. you don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. And our hero, <laughs> with the use of nice violence... Does his jump? He doesn't flip, which I was less disappointed. Gets on the bug's back, burns a hole in its back, throws a grenade in, and kills it. And everyone's like, "Yay!" And then what is it like? This is what is it? Yeah, he walks up. He's like, "You just made it. And then he turns around to Dizzy and he's like, "And you're squad commander or something." I'm like, "Just like that? Just like that? Just like that?" And she's like, "Thanks." It's, it's consistent. I uh, think you're right. And then they're like pirates because then they party. <laughs> there's the beer and there's like... I'm going to assume that was rum. <laughs> rum. It's space rum. And then Gary Busey... I mean, no, not Gary. Jake Busey has the future violin that glows. <laughs> he plays a sea shanty. <laughs> and they're all partying. <laughs> it's very party. And Dizzy and uh, Johnny... Uh, kind of hook up, you know. Well, well, again, this is where the mentor figure, because Johnny's like, no, she's like hitting on him. Poor Johnny having a <laughs> It's so put about. Oh, you know, when I was thinking about that, I was like, why does that super hot, super capable woman want to keep bothering me? I can really empathize with poor Johnny, right? <laughs> she's really attractive. She's physically capable. And she even comes with little plans. She makes Why me look would I work? She saves my life. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> She's really into me. What a pest. Uh, <laughs> it's like live your own life. <laughs> he sends her off, but then Ironside's like, "Don't, don't turn down. <laughs> don't yeah. be a friggin' moron." Is really what he says. Right. Don't pass up your opportunities. Yeah, because everybody dies. In the yes. <laughs> yeah, your regiment. <laughs> And uh, so they hook up, which is nice. It's actually a pretty nice scene. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's, it's actually one of the few sexy, sexy, actually, scenes. Even though there's nudity in this movie, it really is not sexualized. And so this is where it's sexualized, because it should be there. We're getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> they don't show much of it. No, 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 no. Which is a funny dichotomy in this movie, because they show violence throughout right. the movie. Which fits. <laughs> and the one, the one scene that's not even... <laughs> Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. It's pretty funny. It's interesting. It's interesting. Like, that, that again, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but you can definitely read it. That's got to be intentional. It, it seems like Robocop it should be. did that same thing, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why Showgirls sucks, because Showgirls, well, besides just being terrible, is like its thesis is sort of like, like a sort of disgust with sex, whereas this movie's more like uh, a brace of violets and a sort of dismissal of sex. Interesting. Um, yeah. I would bet that Showgirls, Verhoeven's just kind of overreaching. <laughs> I, I I don't know I, I, I haven't seen it so. that movie I, I can't even describe I don't know how it exists I don't know why somebody thought to make it <laughs> you know sometimes you watch a movie and you're like oh I can see that it was the it was the most expensive script sold at the time you know sometimes you're like something's lost in translation every bit of dialogue in this movie is terrible like even if these actors are great this and this story is terrible whatever. <laughs> Showgirls ball goes by mind, but that's a whole different thing. And this is why you talk about Maybe like we'll watch it on opposite week. <laughs> opposite week. <laughs> Look, Scott, <laughs> I'd like you too much to subject to that. <laughs> and you know me, I'll watch a lot of bad movies. <laughs> this is not apparently this is not a fun bad movie. This is just a bad movie. All right, fair enough. It does have the classic line, "Man, everybody got AIDS and shit." <laughs> <laughs> Now, you might think that line was a non sequitur that really didn't make sense in that scene. And you would be correct. <laughs> That's great. There are a couple good lines in here. Yes. Um, we'll get to my favorite line that I wish had swept the nation but never would have. Right, oh. Let's see where we're they. Oh, yeah, they're having a pirate party. <laughs> Sexy pirate party. <laughs> Dizzy finally hooks up with Rico. That's right. Which apparently is her life's dream. <laughs> I guess. I guess, man. I mean, <laughs> if it was in the book, it's no. interesting. It's always weird when you read a story and they're like, I get it. Like, this is your fantasy world. I get it, like, you know. But like Conan, Conan gets laid a lot. But Conan's really awesome and usually he's saving the girl. This girl is kicking everybody's ass <laughs> and is really capable you know what I mean, this like this lady could easily be the protagonist of this story. Yeah, easily. Should have been an interesting twist. Which wouldn't even have been that weird in this movie, because as they point out, we never have anybody ever say, "Oh, not a girl can't do that." No one ever says that in this yeah. movie. There's no romantic story at all in the book. No, I, I it's just speak purely about this military. Uh, I keep seeing my notes in nice violence. <laughs> <laughs> so they get a distress call right. they uh, are going to an outpost on the planet and on the way there a flying bug picks up one of the troops uh, is about to take take him over a ridge or something and the uh, captain Ironsides just grabs somebody's rifle and shoots him in the face that's right shoots him <laughs> kills him and he's like I expect everyone to do the same for me I'm like man how do you keep morale in this army there's definitely something going on here where uh, life is not life is cheap valued. <laughs> Especially in the lower ranks, there. but even the higher ranks, I mean, ships just get blown up, and they're like, "Whatever, how many, how many hundred lives do we lose?" Yeah, we'll just get some more. So they get to the base. Was there, are there casualties? Yeah, the people yeah. are already dead, right? The bugs have tunneled up and killed everybody. Oh yeah, base. yeah, yeah. Uh, the general like falls out of a cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they, well, they, they, they also find the the radio operator because they're like they call for help. Yeah, and they find that the 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 bug is like carved in his head and pulled out. His brain. They manipulated him somehow yeah. to make a distress call. Right. And the general's like all creepy. Oh, he's all panicky again. And in this case, he's not really excessively panicky. He's like, we've got to get out of here. These things are... He's presented as sort of cowardly and ridiculous, which it fits for me the idea that this theme of this movie, which is like, bravado is all that matters. Yeah. How dare you show human weakness, you piece of scum. <laughs> Everyone around you was slaughtered mercilessly, and you know another one's coming. 
suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I kept expecting the journal to say, game over, man. <laughs> and then so the bugs spring their trap. Yeah. For some reason, they don't come back up the tunnel. But Oh, they closed whatever. it. Oh, did they? They closed it, yeah. They closed okay. it. And they, yeah, then they all come in. It's the Alamo, basically. It's the Alamo of Bug Wars. <laughs> Their most expensive visual effects scene. <laughs> this is pretty big. This is the one they they sold the movie on on the preview. I always remember the trailer because the trailer was just like this shot of all these bugs coming. Huh. And, and they're like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so who comes down to save them? That's right. They're like, well, down there? You can, it's a cra- that's crazy. Well, you're going to need a crazy pilot. <laughs> that sounds like a job for Denise Richards. <laughs> Super pilot. <laughs> So much fan fiction. Cause I'm gonna combine Denise Richards' super pilot, Denise Richards' nuclear physicist, and she's Whoa. gonna go out there and solve mysteries. Can she find a Metroid suit? <laughs> That's right. So yeah, it's just, this is. I mean, this is a fine sequence. It's not really exceptional. One of the things I think is this movie is, is while this is a good movie in some ways, the action is kind of bland because it's just it's literally not spectacular in the sense that. People just get shooting bugs, then getting killed by bugs, shooting bugs, getting back. Yeah, it's, it's like it's desensitizing. It's very matter of fact. It's not like even though it's not glorious, it's really just killing stuff. People getting killed, bugs getting killed. Right. Which is interesting. I don't know if it's bad direction or good direction. That's where it confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> Movie will make you think. That's right. As this is going on, uh, Dizzy gets into a situation where. Well, um, well, the pilot comes down, they land, and they're all getting in. And then, like, you're they're right. They're evacuating the outpost. Right. And then the one giant bug comes out, and she kills it. Nice violence. <laughs> <laughs> should say the generals died at this point. Yes. He like dies coward a coward's is. death. <laughs> Gets squashed by a bug that's not even trying to kill him. <laughs> it's just random. It just crashes. He's like, no! He's running around in a circle in the middle of the base or something. <laughs> like a cartoon character. <laughs> But that giant anvil would squash him. <laughs> Dizzy kills one of the giant bugs by and tossing then, a grenade right. down its mouth. That's right. And then she turns around. Again, it looks a little silly. Accidentally. Because it looks like she's just skipping. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Life is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never stop killing. <laughs> good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> the musical Starship Troopers the musical. Oh, it could have been. <laughs> if Joby Legally Blonde was going to be a musical, I would have believed you, so who knows what could happen in the future. <laughs> is it? Legally Blonde? Yeah, it's a, it's a Broadway musical. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> and so she gets killed. It's by a regular bug. Oh, by the way, also Michael Ironside, here's where he gets, he gets falls on a trip. <laughs> he gets his legs ripped off. And but they can save him. Yeah, he's not dead, right? And he's just like, "Do it, do it, Johnny." <laughs> Johnny Rico kills him, but he never seemed like he cared if he was crippled. Yeah, he was already messing with an arm. Right, he never seemed like that bothered him. Like there wasn't a metaphor in this story about like it's bad to be maimed. I mean, if anything, it seems like it's just part of their society. Yeah, that was really weird. It was weird. Like if he'd been like still being fu- dragged down and they died, if he was it. being dragged away by the right. bugs. I just keep thinking it's like, "I mean, pick me up, you asshole." <laughs> 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 Way to go, Johnny. <laughs> you know, Johnny, maybe your flipping ability is not as useful in command as we thought it would be. 
Okay, so she gets killed. They drag they they drag her back into the pod. Yeah, takes off, and of course you see it's it's superpilot Denise Richards. Because <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Who she, else would it be? Who would be that good to land the ship <laughs> on a flat concrete surface? <laughs> a flat concrete surface. Dizzy's dying, and she's like, Johnny, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> He's like, No, you're not. Stay with me, Dizzy. She's like, it's all right. The one time in the movie anybody cares that anybody else is dying. I know. Especially because you're right. The other seasons, they're like, man, that kind of sucked. We lost all these guys we knew. <laughs> she dies, and it's like, she's okay, because I got to be with you. Johnny Rico, I cannot believe you're the highlight of this woman's life. I will stress once again, this super hot, super accomplished, super <laughs> capable woman. And she's dying, and on her deathbed, she's like, well, you know... At least I got to have sex with this guy. <laughs> it was all worth it. It was all worth it. I, like, I feel like sometimes we're getting a peek of Johnny Rico's fan fiction. <laughs> all the women in the ship all sighed. And we're like, I wish it had been me, said Johnny Rico. Have you ever read a Dan, a Dan Brown book? It feels like he's writing about himself. <laughs> <laughs> He describes like this this older college professor who stays real fit, <laughs> and for some reason, beautiful women are always <laughs> like circling around. Was it? Uh, there's a writing thing I've heard from where someone was like, "That I did advice to write, which you know is why there's so many books about lonely writers who want to get who get laid by beautiful women." <laughs> <laughs> I always expect his next book to be about intrepid hero Band Drown. <laughs> Band Drown. <laughs> so then they go to the funeral. He's the only character who ever gets a funeral. The only funeral. Movie. <laughs> they stick her in a casket, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, what about the other people? <laughs> There's tons of dead people. I, I theorized there was another casket full of body parts. <laughs> right. Here's a toe from that guy. I didn't talk to him much, but he, did, he killed a couple of bugs, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. Fire this off into space, I guess. Space. They shoot her off into space. Spock style. This guy owed me money. <laughs> but he killed some bugs, so good for him. Here's his ear. <laughs> So yeah, it's the only character that anybody ever like everyone. And here's the thing: I'd get maybe Johnny Rico being upset. He knew her really well. Sure, everybody seems to know she's an important character. <laughs> Why well, I, I knew this character a lot longer. Why am I not upset about that one? <laughs> so many people died on that base. <laughs> if there have been rows of caskets, I might have. Yeah, <laughs> NPH shows up. That's right in his his, uh... his SS uniform. Yeah, I have right here Doogie Hauser, SS officer. <laughs> And he's in charge of his thing because apparently even the military, the intelligence division has a lot of casualties. I assume he murdered everybody who was working. I assume, what was we said? It's like I've thought too hard. I have a headache. You know what to do? Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Somebody's going. Oh, I don't have enough change for the vending machine. <laughs> no wait. <laughs> I missed the execution on television last night. Do it! I don't want to do it. I expect everyone to do the same for me. So he's in charge. Because he's and, Neil Patrick Harris. And so so Johnny Rico's sort of in charge of his division now. Yeah. And I actually were roughnecks here. 
so right. I send the Rough Riders. Rico's Roughnecks. <laughs> and they even say that right away. It's like, Rico's Roughnecks. I'm like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole military just, it chews through people. Maybe they, they shouldn't have licenses to have children. They probably eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's Zim here. Oh, that's later. Zim shows up. He shows up later at the end as a surprise. He captured the bug. Who is it that says they're looking for some kind of smart bug? <laughs> That's a... Uh, Johnny Rico says it. Because oh, okay. he goes, yeah, because they're going... They go down and he's like, yeah, some kind of smart bug. <laughs> I guess we're looking for some kind That's of That's right. Bug. He's talking to the kids, like the new recruits who all look like 12. Which, again, I think is intentional, maybe. Whereas, like, they yeah, seem really young. Right. And it's kind of like drawing attention to the fact that, like... You know, again, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I like this idea that... The first bunch of recruits we see, they're, they're supposed to be about the same age, but they look older. These kids look younger. It's kind of like, maybe it's playing with your perception. It's like, this is how they all really are. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I like it, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven, if you want to use our quotes for your movie, we're cool with that. <laughs> your 20-year-old movie. <laughs> there's, there's a writer thing, uh, uh, a story about like somebody talks to a, it's a conference, and somebody talks to a writer and says, is this, well, I've noticed the book is about, like, and deals in this really long, in-depth, like, metaphorical study about what it is, like, really smart, and then they're like, is that what this was, book was about? And the writer's like, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, boy. again, the ships are all so close, and they still haven't figured out not to get killed by plasma. Yeah, there's right? some kind of formation. Right, and then they get blasted and they doesn't start crashing like again. Smart formation. No, it's, it didn't work last time. <laughs> but it's an excuse the ship blows up, the captain dies. And Denise Richards is the one who, who watches her die, so I guess that's, that's how it works. Captain. It's like whoever's closest <laughs> gets the promotion. <laughs> Maybe that's how it happened to Neil Patrick Harris. Just some guy had a heart attack randomly. <laughs> And they're like, tag, last tagsies. <laughs> Whoever grabs their badge first. <laughs> no take backs. No take back society. Yeah. That's how she became Sky Marshal, that, that, that lady. She, no tag she tagged him and she was like, I'm, damn it. <laughs> so the ship crashes, breaks apart, because again, they didn't learn their lesson. They get up in a rock, they eject, and they crash on the planet. Yeah. And they end up underground. Dead body bounces off their windshield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they crash on the planet, and they end up underground, and they're surrounded by all the bugs. And they send out a distress call, and right. Rico gets it. But it sounds like they're killed, right? And it looks like they're killed. <laughs> so he from makes, our perspective, he makes the rational decision, right? He's going to go rescue him, and then he's like, "Oh, all right, she's dead. Mission. She's dead." <laughs> um, and then you find out they're not dead, right? And Rico has some kind of moment. He's like, "And they're going through the tunnels." Alive. That's right. So he has this decision, dilemma to make, uh, decision to make, um, so he goes off with two of his guys, yeah. and everybody else goes off on, right. on the mission. Yes, and, uh, and what is it, like, uh, oh, this is the part where, like, they're getting weapons, like, in the guys who are on the skate pod, Xander and, and Denise Richards, super pilot. <laughs> they get, like, their rifles, and he pulls out a knife. I like that he pulls out a knife, because I'm like, it's actually useful, but I do like the idea, it's like, that's really optimistic, dude, but hey. It's eating you if you want to stab it in the eye while you're doing it. Good for you. It's, that's how, sure. That is how LL Cool J escaped his shark. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen anybody run out of bullets yet, but you might lose your gun. Right, right. Hey, if it's it's going to eat you anyway. And maybe he, maybe in the future they really like Deep Blue Sea, as any sensible person would, and be like, 
Stab it in the eye, you might survive. From the historical archives. From the historical <laughs> archives. I like it because it's not really violent. <laughs> it's a peaceful movie. For them, it's like, it's so relaxing. <laughs> it's like a sea vacation. <laughs> it's like a date movie for them. Oh, that sounds romantic. Let's do it. Yeah, a third of the people in that movie live. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way they actually try to avoid dying. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Old humans were so quiet. I don't understand. Why don't they just dive in the water and fight the sharks? Yeah. <laughs> Why does not LL Cool J jump into the shark's mouth? <laughs> uh, to kill him from the inside. <laughs> they, and there's this line I like, which is, um, he's like, I think she's down this way. And Jake Busey's like, word has it, she's dead. <laughs> which is cute. I like that line, actually. But they have a psychic message we find out later. Neil Patrick Harris yeah. sent him. And they go and find her. And then, so they're going to go that way. And then we finally meet the brain bug. It's an impressive bug. I think, you know, even though the, the I think it's interesting that the, the effects in this movie are pretty old comparison, comparatively to how long they've evolved. And they're actually all really solid. Yep. Industrial uh, light and magic. Yeah, the bugs are like almost, with rare exception, do they not look like they're in the scene. Yeah, they're very good. And even when they don't, I mean, even when you can tell they're sort of at it, they're still really solid. That scene, like that, that cavern and that, those bugs, and the, it, it, it's really well integrated. And maybe the, the scenery helps a little bit, because yeah. the planet's very kind of washed out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, white and brown back Yeah, there. but that's still using your strength. But yeah, that's what I know what they were doing there. And that, like, big brain bug comes out, and it's got, it's like, I like it's got sort of, like, these little bugs that are, like, retainers. <laughs> they kind of head of it. Like, this marching is a nice out. touch. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like it pulls out this proboscis, spiky uh, proboscis, 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 proboscis. proboscis okay, I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> I'm a writer. I don't have to know how words sound, just how they spell. <laughs> it's perfectly cromulent. <laughs> you know, somebody said that I, I don't pronounce words, and I was like, that's the epitome of hyperbole. That's Brian Regan joke that I stole. But you, I'm going to do it. You rap scallion. <laughs> that happens a lot where <laughs> I like to read. Yeah. And I'll come across a word a number of times. <laughs> uh, at some point, I say it. <laughs> realize it's not even close. <laughs> I've been using the word uh, megalomaniacal a lot. Mm-hmm. And I always mispronounce it. I did it right there. But every time <laughs> I have to like, when I go to my workshop and I, I present my work and I'm reading it. I'll always stumble over that word, and I'm just like, you know. Then I just kind of do like a porky pig. I'm like, make a little, make a little, evil genius. <laughs> Bad, smart guy. <laughs> so they suck out Xander's brain. Yeah. Oh, and that's actually pretty gruesome. This is one of the few things that's like presented in such a way that that's pretty gruesome. You see little bits of his brain. And you see the like, they, it's like his face kind of like shrivel up. <laughs> Ugh. Real uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark moment. <laughs> right. It's about to suck out her brain. Right. Rico shows up with the nuke. Well, she, she uses the knife, too, to oh, slice yeah. the proboscis. Somebody finally uses the knife on a book. <laughs> right. And it's like... It's just like, you know, I'm going to choke on it. <laughs> and then Rico shows up with the nuke in his hand. He's like, you're one of them smart bugs. <laughs> it's a hard line to sell, but I think he sells it. <laughs> Hashtag my Johnny Rico. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's just fan fiction too. So, <laughs> and the bug thought that's a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> if I was human, I would totally have sex with that human. 
Oh, your fan fiction is going to be weird. F. Tony Rico's <laughs> fan fiction. That's not my fan fiction. If you say so. <laughs> the bug is like, and if I could have, couldn't have sex with Johnny Rico, I'd have sex with Denise Richards' super pilots. <laughs> <laughs> the weird threesome. With the weird threesome. <laughs> we'll start doing art contests for the vlog. <laughs> Do not send us art a bug threesome. Please do not. <laughs> Seriously, no. No. And uh, we will not open it. <laughs> I'm going to wind up looking at all that. <laughs> so they scare the brain bug away because it's smart. Yeah, it recognizes that it, it's like a, a mutual destruction Now this situation. is interesting because this just occurs to me. It goes away, but then it sends the other bugs after them, even though it knows that they're going to die. Well, I figured it was uh, kind of like ants, right? Some of the bugs right. are, are workers, soldiers. Isn't that sort of the same parallel with the, the mobile infantry? <laughs> right? We don't care if you die. we got plenty. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, they're shooting the bugs, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, yeah. the, this is the, one of the guys, one of the soldiers who we don't know very long. So, it's all right. He can die. We're not that invested in him. <laughs> His name was Watson. His name was Watson. You jerk. <laughs> He gets stabbed and he's like, oh, give me the nuke. And was it like, Rico's like, you trying to be a hero, Watson. <laughs> yeah. It's like, everyone in this society is really devoted to killing things. <laughs> yeah. I kind of liked um, the new Mad Max where it was more explicit. <laughs> yes, and that, that one was. soldiers were expendable. Well, that one was deliberately, like, they had sort of a suicide thing because they they knew they were dying. Oh, well, yeah. And it was to try to go out in glory. Right. So, Which is I interesting. Mean, they had, like, overpopulation problems. Right. And this one, like, in Mad Max Fury Road, it really is, like, it's interesting. It's not about killing. Because they, they don't mind killing people. But they're more like seeing death seekers. Whereas these characters are more like death deliverers. <laughs> they don't mind dying violently. I think there's an element of that. Yeah. The the philosophy of the, <laughs> the infantry. And uh, so they run away. He he fights them off for a little bit. Then he, he blows up and they outrun an explosion because it's a movie. <laughs> Check. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the brain bug is captured. Yes. And then... By another squad off screen. <laughs> that's right. Well, because they reported it. So they did tell it where it was. And then the other squad captured it. Right. Um, and the squad is led by Zim. <laughs> I keep thinking of that Nickelodeon show, Invader Zim. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like, I captured the bright bug! <laughs> <laughs> His little robot, like, Ooh, ah. <laughs> Patrick Harris shows up. <laughs> right, he gives, did, you, did you write the line down? I like the line. <laughs> Puts his hand on the bug and uses his brain powers <laughs> and turns around and says, It's afraid! Yay! <laughs> Everybody <He> starts cheering. <laughs> I, but I'm talking to the other line I like, which is, like, all this war, and it was a drill instructor named Zim who captured a brain. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm just like... Weird line to deliver, but yes. And it's afraid, yes. Yes, congratulations, you made a cornered animal afraid. <laughs> Yeah, they have it like, in a net surrounded by my enemies, a squad of humans. completely vulnerable. And he's just like, like, look, congratulations! Like, I yelled at my dog for fifteen minutes. It's afraid. <laughs> Man exerting his dominance over the universe. 
The Zim line is... I don't know why it's a good line. It just sounds weird. Like, it sounds like faux meaningful. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it was beauty that killed the beast. I tend to want to read meaning into that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Where they went through all this crap, and, like, the the, the result is this, like, accolade for this one guy. Because, <laughs> once again, it wasn't that he came with a plan. Yeah. <laughs> Just happened to be there. He just happened to be the right guy to capture a bug. Now get back up there. And there's like, again, it's not the whole squad. It's not like, it's like, it's like the whole squad. This guy didn't do it by himself, but there's like, well, one guy. Who's the most important guy? That's the guy who did it. <laughs> Never forget your expendable. And then they pretty much cut to, uh... Last propaganda. In last propaganda, which kind of wraps up elements of, <laughs> you know. And you're right, this is the only thing that, like, the video where they censor, where they're, like, pushing, like, a thing into the bug. And I'm like, why would that be censored when you show mutilated bodies? So, the brain bug's face... Kind of looks like a vagina. Well, to be fair. <laughs> oh, my children can't see that. That's <laughs> yeah. just funny. It's the only thing in, in any of the uh, videos. Right. And, it, and then they say that thing about, like, uh, we'll know how they think. I'm like, well, they're pretty obvious how they think. They don't like you when they're trying to attack you. It's not like their plans were that complex. Yeah. We're going to suck at your brains and we'll figure out what you're doing. It's a pretty big brain bug, though. It is a pretty big brain bug. Who knows? He might uh, have some... Secret of physics left over there. <laughs> well, they do know how to shoot asteroids across space to hit planets. Yeah. That's pretty good because that's a lot of calculations. Seems smart to me. I'm just saying. I mean, that's a that's a moving target. But of once, course, that's also again, because space is smaller because they removed all the dark matters. <laughs> once again, very low respect for math nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds of any stripe in the society. That's right. And then uh, Rico's Roughnecks are like, yeah, we're going to go fight bugs. Oh, yeah, they're part of the propaganda now. Right. And then there's, um, and even so they're like, oh, you want to live forever? I'm like, well, I'd like to live more than a week. <laughs> that's part of their advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's sort of the, that is sort of like the Death Seeker idea. And then, like, again, they cut to the ship. Captain Rich, Denise Richards, super pilot, she's been promoted. <laughs> They were like, well, you, who touched the captain last? She goes, well, I did. Okay, captain. <laughs> nope. Yep, I see a little of her blood on your collar. <laughs> you got it. It's like a Highlander thing. <laughs> there can be only one. Uh, I think they showed an MPH as the yeah the, the man behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. In that commercial. Yes. <laughs> so they've all made it by not dying. <laughs> they've all made it by not dying, even though the war's not over and it's just... But that's... You know, in a way, again, if that fits with the idea of, like, the propaganda machine or the idea of this culture that has to have a constant war, its goal is not to end the war. Its goal is to keep it going. Right. So it would be kind of counterproductive for them to end the war. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm really interested. You're selling me on this movie, Scott, or maybe I'm selling me on this movie. (laughs) Once again, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Now, there's a Starship Troopers 2 and 3. Yes. And I assume that they're horrible. <laughs> yes. Well, there was also a, a, a TV show. It, it was really? not very... It was... I don't... I never saw an episode. I think it was computer animated, but I'm not sure. You know, I think Maybe. the thing yeah. is... I'm not sure the Starship Universe... Starship Troopers Universe, especially the movie version, really has much where... Any place to go. I feel like it's a lot like RoboCop, but... Yeah, I RoboCop mean, kind of... For Hoven Subway, he wanted to in the first one. Right. And somebody else saw that it was popular and started right and then and then and then i can't imagine the same way robocop kind of suffered from that where it's like the first movie is this sort of commentary on violence and a society and corporate culture and 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 then the other ones are just kind of like it's the future and he's a cop all right that's not really what this movies are supposed to be about 
And then I get the same way. You probably write, like this one's sort of like you could argue like a propaganda film, but I'm sure the next one's kind of like it's cool when they fight bugs. <laughs> I assume that's all. It's you know, you see that a lot. You see that when somebody interprets something, and you're like, "Did you totally miss the point?" Oh, I totally missed the point. It's like the new Power Rangers. Like I don't know if the new Power Rangers movie is going to be any good or not, but the very fact that I'm watching it, I'm like, they're like young toughs outsiders. <laughs> I'm like, did you not know what Power Rangers is about? That's what I was missing from Power Rangers was like. <laughs> But they have really cool suits now. <laughs> My favorite part about the Power Rangers preview is they released all those images of video of like photos of them in the Power Ranger suits. But in the preview, they kind of like hint at the suits at the end. It's like, you wait, what are you wasting my time for? You already showed me. <laughs> yeah, we know that's coming. I wonder what they're going to look like. Like the pictures I've seen? And, I, I definitely uh, prefer the first Power Ranger suits. <laughs> Yeah, these are a little too busy. Well, I was actually talking to uh, my wife because they're kind of inspired it. by uh, Ultraman. I felt like. Well, they're part of that whole those, that genre has been around forever in uh, Japan, and uh, I think right. Sally, my wife Sally, was talking, and she she was talking about how it's interesting how you can tell how good or bad an idea, or it's not necessarily, but how invested somebody is by how little, how much they modify it too much. And she was talking. Her example was actually Superman, like in the comics, even before Man of Steel. They took away like his tights, you know, like they got rid of his red, and they added a lot of piping and unnecessary details to his costume. And she's like, it shows that instead of being really interested, first of all, the design of Superman is timeless. It's had you know twenty, thirty, fifty, sixty years to develop and be this sort of perfect model. And instead, they're like, how do I make Superman relevant? I know, I'll change his underwear. And 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 I think about that, like the the, the turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies yeah. that did that, where it's like, guys. You can certainly change a lot about the, but even the fact you've overworked the faces, it's like the simplicity of the design makes it interesting. And the shredder, like the shredder's already got like a guy covered in knives, and you congratulations, you made him look stupider. <laughs> and I feel like that's the same way you could argue probably with like a, rough, a, a Starship Trooper sequel to be kind of like, wow, you completely missed the point <laughs> of what this movie's about. I almost think that has to be what it is. I can't imagine. I'm I, to the point where I'm not willing to watch it. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I enjoyed Starship Troopers one. I thought it was uh, yeah. I, I, I was, uh, <laughs> worth reviewing. <laughs> you, you won me over. I think this is a pretty solid movie, even if it's unintentionally a solid movie. <laughs> as as I think we've established, it hardly matters. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right. So I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, next time we're going to be watching Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes, which isn't. I think uh, is a, a highly respected movie, but. Somewhat obscure, yeah. And I think it's it's cool enough anyway because I think it's a really clever concept and done really well. Yeah, it's a I, good reversal. It is. I was actually talking about it at my workshop Wednesday. I was talking a little bit about were it. Were you? Yeah, I really was because we were talking about how interpretation of a scene. And there's that scene in Spoiler Alert where they have the girl and they write the note like, "I have your girl. We have your friend." <laughs> yeah. And they're really just writing a nice, nice <laughs> note, but they've carved it into this tree because that's all they have. And the kids are nervous, and they leave that, and it's like, I have, we have your friend, and it's like that sort of portrayal. And I think that it's a really interesting idea in that movie. Because really that's really fun. the whole movie. It's, it's basically a, a, a screwball comedy meets a slasher movie. <laughs> it's a really fun play on the, like, Leatherface. Yes, it is. Slasher. And uh, so, so, yeah, so that'll be exciting. I'm excited about that. And uh, until then, <laughs> he's got... He's Lee. <laughs> He's saved a movie. <laughs>